0: Click on the big red Tell Me More button and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I have found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes. That gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we, we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We, we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't, we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. And here we go. Lori Gerber, head coach at Handle Group Life Coaching, shared a story of a time when she did not follow her yes, and it ended up almost costing her her marriage. Well, Lori, thank you again for your amazing interview. So much great information there. And I I want to ask you another favor, if I could. I would love to have you help us illustrate the importance of following your yes, that internal guidance that we all have. And the way we're going to start, actually, is by looking at a time when you did not follow your yes, maybe in that moment. Yeah, didn't really realize you had one, but you look back and you're like, okay, that was really, really clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do, and I still didn't do it. Tell us about that time.
1: Well, interestingly, um, like I mentioned in my interview uh, with you, I had many signs from my inner knowing, my inner guidance about how I should behave with my husband over the years. I remember many times... Marveling at how I would I would walk in the door, come home, and I'd be telling myself, "Be nice, be nice, be nice." nice." (laughs) There would be like this (laughs) drumbeat of like, and it was almost like the more I would tell myself the right thing to do, the more I would rebel Mm -hmm. against myself, or I would or I would try, I would keep it up for a little while, and then everything you know, he would say one thing or look one way or do something, or I'd stub my toe, and then it all you know fell apart, and so you know. My gut told me to marry this guy. My gut told me this is the one for you. My gut told me love this one more than any other. And my gut told me be nice and make it work. But I really, but what won out instead many times was a, a brat, was a, was a selfish child that just wanted what she wanted and wanted the world to revolve around her and just, you know, was sort of addicted to this feeling of it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough um, and thought I could squeeze more out of this human um not realizing that that's not where I should be getting it from anyway <laughs> right mm. so so I you know that was the that was the that was I think the example of me not listening to my highest inner guidance but my perhaps a much lower voice <laughs> within me <laughs> I was like just get what you can get you know just get what you can get yeah or just you know or fear of intimacy like it's it's not just we call it the brat and the chicken you know the brat doesn't want a deal and doesn't think it's fair. And the chicken's like, Oh my God, I don't want to be intimate. Like, what if, you know, that was my greatest fears. What if he sees me? What if he says these things about me? What if he doesn't love me? And then ironically I was, you know, causing him not to love me, but it wasn't because I'm not lovable. It was because I was being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there was fear and brattiness that kind of fed, you know, that, that was the voice I was listening to.
0: Yeah, no. I And, and such a great, great example of how, you hear this voice over and over saying, be nice. And that made you even more resistant to doing it. Mm. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. I
1: used to, and I, I almost like was a joke to myself. Like, see, I can't, you know, it's, like it's not even possible. Mm-hmm. The harder I try, the more I fail, which yeah. is again, like a, that's a weather report on me. Like, oh, see, there's something wrong with me. So it wasn't, you know, something wrong with me, something wrong with him, anything to excuse myself from the work. The work was being brave. The work was being was listening right it wasn't that hard but it was work (laughs) but i didn't want to do the work Mm -hmm. i wanted to excuse why why i shouldn't have to yeah or why i couldn't
0: yeah great great example so let's let's flip this around take us to a moment when you had that clear yes and this time not only did you recognize it but you followed it tell us that story yeah
1: yeah, that was that moment where he was brave enough to tell me the truth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really remember that moment as like, oh my God, he told me the truth. He's so brave because I've been not listening to him for so long. And he's still gonna try again, you know, to tell me something. and And I realized in that moment, don't like I'm not blowing it this time. <laughs> like i'm gonna I am gonna. I am going to be my higher self right now. And I, that again, it changed everything. That's still such a miracle moment. Cause I didn't listen to the brat or the chicken or the weather reporter or my history, or, you know, I didn't believe that the past would predict the future. I believe that I could change it. And I listened to that voice that said, actually you can change this, Lori, like you can change it. And I admitted I was wrong. I admitted I hadn't been good at listening. I promised I would not interrupt anymore. And that if I did, I would do a chore of his and do a consequence if, you know, to keep myself on focused and on track with that. And everything changed from that moment
0: on. Wonderful. So I'm wondering if you can share with us just how like, how do you make that step? How, how personally have you found that you went from being listening to the brat or the chicken to actually taking action on your, your guidance?
1: I think the practice of writing dreams is huge. The -hmm. practice of writing the, what is a 10 for you on a scale of one to 10? And like, it's essentially, it's asking your inner guidance, as you call it, or the heart, as we call it, what, what are you all about? Like, what's, what's up? What's up over there? And really listening for the answer and writing it down and articulating it such that it gives you goosebumps. Not just that it sounds good intellectually, but it actually gives you goosebumps. Um, because then you know which thoughts match that or not. Right? <laughs> that you at least have your GPS is programmed. You could tell if you're on the road or not mm-hmm. based on the thoughts you're having. Um, and then you get, you know, in the handout method, we teach people to get really good at recognizing the kinds of things their chicken, brat, and weather reporters say. Right, it's not like 117 different things. Most people have a couple key, mm-hmm. you know, key phrases. Like I love, it's not fair. <laughs> I shouldn't have to, yeah. you know, there's a few key phrases that we each use that if you get really familiar, you can often, you know, head them off at the pass and choose a thought that's, that's correlated to your dream
0: instead. Wonderful. That's great. Great advice. Thank you so much for sharing these stories, Laura. You're so welcome dr jessica higgins licensed psychologist and relationship coach shared a story of a time when she did follow her yes and it led her to meeting and having a wonderful relationship with her husband well jessica thank you again for an amazing interview you shared so much great information there and i i'd love to have you help us illustrate something else and, and that is you know the importance of following our yes our internal guidance that that internal information that tells us our truth, right? It's our truth about what to do and what actions to take. So I'd like to have you share with us an example of a time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had one. (laughs) But you look back and you're like, whoa, that was super clear. And my gut was telling me exactly what to do. And I I didn't do it. Tell us Mm. about that time.
2: Mm. Well, Ken, I'm reminded of the story that I shared in the interview, uh, that we did together and it relates to a relationship that I had before met my now husband. And we were talking about the patterns of our conflict. And I guess what I'll say is I wasn't aware. I like that you give me permission to say that I wasn't aware because I knew that what we were doing wasn't effective, but I felt almost compelled to rationalize defend and I felt a little outside of myself I was trying to change his perception of me if you will and in some ways I wasn't even connected at all with what I was feeling and so therefore couldn't really even be in relationship with him if I look back on it now and this was a huge teaching tool for me so this was essentially in a lot of ways, me not being present to myself to actually be available for genuine, vulnerable, heartfelt intimacy. And I, again, I didn't know it then, but I knew it wasn't working. I had a sense that it wasn't, it was a not it for sure. And I think that's what I'll say about when it didn't work.
0: No, it's a, it's a great example because like you said, you couldn't even really be present to what was really going on because you were so caught up in the the process and the defending and that feeling compelled like you have to do that instead of taking a second to, to reconnect with you.
2: Right, right. And I, I think at the time I was so maybe alarmed by the way he was approaching me that I was really trying to fight off which what felt unfair, didn't feel true, like the defensiveness. And when I could when I was starting towards the end of the relationship to read books, I read like David Schnarch's Passionate Marriage and Resurrecting Sex and he's all about self-validation and really was getting a sense of like okay, I need to be true about what's going on for me. And had I had all the skills that I know now, I would have been able to say I'm scared or I'm hurt when you when you approach me like that I feel hurt and I'm having a hard time hearing what's really going on for you and can you tell me more about what what you're experiencing but I didn't have that resource then I didn't have that skill set
0: Yeah and you said something really really key there you said you know you're just trying to survive the situation mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's what it feels like and the thing is when we're in that survival space we're in our instincts, right? It's bare self-preservation. There, It's impossible to be in partnership when you're in self-preservation. Because mm-hmm. self-preservation is about you and no one else. Yeah. So that you can't be there if you're in that space of, oh my gosh, I'm just barely going to try and survive this. And that's why so often we hear people say, like you're talking about where it's like, I couldn't even speak to the fact that I was scared. Mm-hmm. Because I was just in survival. I didn't even have time to recognize that I was running from the bear. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it obvious it's... that I'm scared? It doesn't matter. If you're not present to it, you're just running from the bear. Who cares? Hmm.
2: Yeah. It really, truly, as you're describing them, like it felt like all of my dreams were shattering around mm-hmm. me, and I was trying to hold on and like preserve, but it was in an attempt that was probably in some ways needed to come down to get real like raw and connected in a genuine way. But I, like I said, I just was in survival mode and didn't understand all that was going on for me and for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I love the way you said that. You were trying to preserve it, right? And, and that's what we do. Oh my gosh, I gotta hold this together, get the duct tape, let's put it back together. But you still don't know if you have partnership. That's just you trying to hold the boat together. hmm Well, what are you protecting?
2: <laughs> Perfect question, yes. Precisely. So
0: that's why what you're talking about of being able to own where you're at, I'm scared, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable, whatever it is, now you find out if they're in partnership. And if they are, fantastic. Then you can work together to rebuild it. But if they're not, the sooner you find out the better.
2: Precisely, Because yes.
0: you're gonna run out of duct tape eventually. <laughs> yes. The roll's gonna run out and then you'll be like, oh no, now what?
2: i and what kind spent of, years
0: duct taping this thing together.
2: And really, truly, what kind of dream is that if it's all patched with duct tape?
0: Yeah. Yeah, how many things have you thought, this is the most beautiful thing in my house because it was put together with duct tape? Mm-hmm. It's functional, short term. It's not a permanent solution. Just like duct tape isn't. But unfortunately, we've decided duct tape is. (laughs) It's kind of weird. So this is good. This is super. I love that example. Let's flip it around. Take us to a time, Jessica, when you had a clear yes. And this time, you did recognize it and you followed it. Tell us that story.
2: Hmm. Well, if I can reframe your question just a little bit, and that would be that I was a clear yes to my commitment to being connected to myself mm-hmm. when entering in relationship i don't so i'm gonna now tell a little bit of a story of when i first started dating my now husband uh back in 2015 or uh, yeah 2005 and i wasn't sure on him i there were some things that i'm like mm, I'm not sure, and deep stuff, right? I wasn't sure if he wanted to get married, I wasn't sure if he was emotionally available, and those are huge, huge, you know, big things, and some not small little flags that I wasn't sure about. These were big flags, so it wasn't a clear yes on him but I was a clear yes on me and my practice, having been through what I just described and the heartbreak and the loss and the grieving process that that took me to, which was very transformational. I wouldn't wouldn't do it any other way. And I was committed to creating conscious partnership and I knew that I had to be connected to myself to do that. So there were several instances in our early few months of dating and actually a couple months into our dating, he lost his father. So he and this was unexpected. And so he was in his own grieving process, which then took him out of being as present with me that one would imagine in the honeymoon stage, right? The beginning phases of dating. So I was faced with him being not as available as I was hoping for. And I was then in a similar circumstance where I was like, I'm not sure if he's all in and I need to honor what I'm feeling and my truth. And so getting connected with the fact that like, I feel sad and even the preemptive grief of, I might have to say goodbye to you and I might have to lose how amazing you, how, you know, the, the beautiful potential of what we could be and how awesome I think you are. I'm facing the possibility of, of losing that to stand in my truth of like, I'm scared. You're not in this as much as I am. And I'll tell you that it it wasn't an automatic. Like I just got there. It would take a process. I'd have to either journal or I'd, you know, be with my feelings. And like, I'd have to get to the distilled version of just that simple truth of like, I'm scared. You're not into this as much as I am or some version of that, but really be with myself that I've got my own back and I'm feel like I'm I'm not abandoning me. I'm with me in the sense of my value, what I'm really wanting in relationship and what I'm saying yes to. And so, you know, every part of my being is like quivering in the sense of he's, I don't know what he's going to say. And every time I would reveal my vulnerability and my truth, he would lean in. And so I was getting his his, his engagement. And in some ways it was like, Okay, we can pass go. And so there was another iteration of us deepening our intimacy and our developing. And every time I would stand in that, he would meet me. And so in my mind, that felt like, okay, we're connected and we're doing relationship with all the things that we have going on. And it was a beautiful process to A, to feel him you know, our relationship blossom and develop, but also to have my own back and that feel that I was with myself and I was knew that I was doing the work and that it was basically facing my worst fear and then to have him choose in.
0: I love it. I love it. That's, that's such a great example. And the thing that, that, I love most about that, Jessica, is the fact that not only did you speak to it, right? Speak to your yes. It was actually the scariest thing you could have done in that moment. Mm -hmm. And the thing about partnership is the choice you make for partnership is always the harder choice because the other choice is just taking care of you. Mm -hmm. That's easy. It's the harder one to go on. I got to show up. I got to be honest. I got to really own where I'm at. That's the challenge. But when we do that, you're inviting that person closer.
2: Yeah, because ironically, and by all the dating measures, it wasn't sexy. It was probably the thing I was most embarrassed by and most ashamed of.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah, and oftentimes that's what makes us the most lovable. Yeah, it's the thing we're hiding the thing that somehow we've decided isn't lovable or maybe somebody once made one offhanded comment and we took it to heart. And we've been carrying it forever. And so we don't ever let that part out. And you said something very, very uh, powerful. And you said, you know, you had to recognize that make sure you weren't abandoning you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when we don't follow our yes. Yes. A lot of times where we feel abandoned, it's not abandoned because of what the other person is, because we abandoned ourselves first, which led to them walking away. We've got to own our role, our part in partnership, right? How are we showing up?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or are we at all? <laughs>
2: you know, Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: it's the, I, I call it the Facebooking of the world, which is everything's perfect. Yeah. We don't want to talk about anything else. So then we're like, well, it was great because he liked what I like. Well, that's great. What about the things you don't like? Oh, we don't talk about that. Okay, that's going to work really well because you're still not going to like them, but nobody's going to know it. I, I, it's funny. I, I uh, one day had this revelation. I was like, you know, acting like you like something you don't just to get along doesn't serve you because it's going to tell your partner to repeat it.
2: Mm-hmm. they like
0: this okay cool i'll do it again and you'll be frustrated the next time and even more because you're be like why does he keep doing this well because you keep telling me like it mm-hmm. and it hit me i was like so that's why faking an orgasm is a terrible idea yes it is why would you do that mm-hmm. it's only because you're afraid to say what you really want mm-hmm. what do i really need here mm-hmm. what works for me Oh, so I'll just fake it because I'm afraid to tell him what I really want. You've abandoned yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just trained your partner to keep doing things you don't enjoy.
2: And I would add crafting a relationship that doesn't represent you. Absolutely. like You're not actually in the relationship if it's being just catering to what you imagine the other person wants. Like It's not reflective of what's really true for you.
0: Yeah. I had a... Uh... Uh, a client of mine once that made a a really profound comment. She said, I realized I was always trying to not be their last girlfriend or partner.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But I wasn't being me. I was just trying to be the opposite of that person. Because I figured, well, if they didn't like that person, the opposite must be what they're looking for. And it was a really profound comment because it's like, just because you're you know, oh, I'm doing this. Oftentimes it's, it's a fear response, Mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not coming from love. It's coming from fear. This is you running from the bear again. And
2: probably experiencing the feeling of being rejected Mm -hmm. and, but perpetuating the rejection, but you haven't even shown up. To even find, because it's just a total catch 22, because if he does like it, then you're not actually in the relationship. And if he doesn't like it, then you're getting rejected for your attempt to please him, both of which don't really say very much about true relationship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you'll be left with the what if. Mm -hmm. Oh, he didn't get back with me. we, We broke up, whatever. I wonder if, well, why did you hold that back? Why were you waiting and holding back on on sharing you? The thing I always remind people is if you're a match, you will never run out of amazing. That's what makes you a match. You walking down the street is amazing. You just saying hello is amazing. You don't have to portion it off and go, well, I better save this. That's when you're not showing up. You're like, oh, I have five cards to play. I'll, I'll save one for the next date. Well, I didn't get the next date. Well, then how did that work? What if that mm-hmm. was a thing? What if you just were you?
2: Right. And, and it's people
0: so tip- fascinating in our culture, we have to be reminded to be ourselves.
2: Right, and in, and just in my field of the psychology, sometimes that's at play is that people haven't had the safe experience to trust that that is, that they're gonna be okay, they're, they are lovable, or that their needs do matter, and so that expression, right, is, is really scary. So just having compassion for, you know, even myself and everybody that's struggling with bringing themselves forward, that there's usually reasons, but that if that's the true heart's longing is to be in partnership, right, that to again, you know, from I guess, for my story is I wanted it enough where I was willing to do walk through the fire, essentially face my biggest fear and stand in that and be committed to that Uh, and it took a lot of work for me to even get to that place to then be in practice but I am so grateful on the other side you know being with my husband now you know a little over 12 years and just what we continue to cultivate and the depth and I could go on and on and I'm just so so grateful. Uh, that I and it does represent me and I do feel completely expressed and uh, there's just so much beauty that I I wouldn't have wanted it any other way but man I I, it is hard I guess that's the thing I'm just trying to have compassion for that uh, to 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 switch that paradigm to switch those uh, tendencies and to be able to show up more fully as you're inviting people to do is beautiful and transformational and also hard
0: sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like anything, right? It's, it's a muscle that we haven't used. Mm -hmm. It's not that we don't have it. We just haven't used it. So it's atrophied. but like all muscles, they have muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And when you were a baby, you didn't care what people thought Mm -hmm. you were you. And over time, you got trained that that wasn't okay, it wasn't enough, it was too much, it wasn't safe, and you shut those pieces down. So you have the muscle. It's just retraining and getting that muscle built up again. And it does. It takes time, just like any muscle, right? Yeah, the first few days suck. You can't believe how weak you are. Okay, but it's not going to get better by going, oh, and that's disappointing. I guess I should stop. You've got to do the work. And I love that you're out there helping people with this. It's fantastic. Thank you for all these great stories, Jessica.
2: My pleasure.
0: Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it it doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guest this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingapartnership.com and enter the guest's name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday. So make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.